today on a conference championship edition of Lighting Money on Fire. We break down, talk about, and look deeply into the amazing NFL conference championship games, both the Rams and the Saints, and of course the Pats and the Chiefs. They were two classics, two games that are going to really live on perhaps forever in football fans' memory. We're going to talk about all of it right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. This is the podcast. I've done around five to 700 podcasts in my life. Something like that, yeah. This is the one I'm looking forward to the least. <laughs> really? Of all time. The very least? There's two reasons. The main one being the goddamn Patriots and Jonathan and his fucking smug-ass Patriots face. <laughs> Fuck you, go back to New England. <laughs> I have such a big smile on my face right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other is that our best bet last week was actually a challenge bet between the two of us where it had to be a must-win two versus the other player. And Jonathan beat me in both bets. Yeah. Which is sad. The bets were Jonathan had under the uh, the line in the Saints-Chiefs game, the, which the was total, 57 yeah. or something I like that. I think it was 57 and a half, but yeah. 50, came, actually, 56 and a half, but I had under. And that came, came in, in, and uh, I had KC minus three, meaning he had New England plus three. That mm. one obviously came in, too. That came in, too. woo So I lost that. Money! And Jonathan is the worst, and that's everybody should know that. Oh. It's so glorious today. It's Today's not. such a good day. It's not. Okay, let's... Okay, I'm going to try my best to not think about the Patriots while we talk. Yeah, that's right. Let's find some energy, though. You, you, you deep, reach into that anger, the no, hatred. No, the people need to touch, know... Touch the deeply. people need to know my true feelings. This is why... No, that's fine, but you're so sad and depressed. they call me the realist. Is that what they call yeah, you? Yeah, not the realist. Is that realist. because you sell, you sell, like, apartments and stuff? Not, no, not, not the realist. The realist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, know, I get that. No, now that we say it that way, I totally understand. Yeah. All right. Which game do you want to start with? The one that I that doesn't make me want to cry. Um, the Saints and the Rams, although that did make a lot of people want to cry, that game. So just just so everyone understands, and I assume everyone who's listening to this either watched the game, read about the game, followed the game in some way. If you didn't and you're still listening to us, God bless you. We love you. Um, so I was rooting for the Rams throughout the game. Um, because you think they'll be easier to beat in the Super Bowl? No, that's really not why. I was actually expecting the Chiefs to beat the Patriots just because I, th- I thought of the Rams as the better team going in. Um, and I thought I, th- I said that actually before, you know, last week on the yeah. show. So I was like, well, I want the better team to win. I want the Rams to win. Um, and I also then after it was, what, 6 nothing, and it looked for a little while like the Rams were in trouble. It was 13-3 to near the end of the first half. I wanted the Rams to score and just, like, make it a competitive, fun game to watch. Um, and I was rooting for the Rams up until I believe there was 128 to go in the fourth quarter. And it was third and whatever it was. Third and 10, I think. Third and 10 on like the 11 yard line. No, it was on like the 16. Okay, but yeah. still, you're with me. And uh, the pass interference or non pass interference play happened. And I immediately switched over and really wanted the Saints to win because clearly the Saints were, should have won that game. And in every other universe that exists, won that game, right? Except when the field goal gets blocked or the guy somehow misses a super easy one. And by the way, he did hit a field goal that was a little harder right after that play. So I assume he's almost always going to hit that field goal anyway. 
Um, they're going to run the clock all the way down or essentially down to nothing and uh, win the game with one second left or no time left. And it seems so unfair to me that Drew Brees gets robbed of going to a second Super Bowl, let alone guys like Mark Ingram, who's never gone to the Super Bowl. There's a, Most of the players on that team have never gone to the Super Bowl. Um, and this may be their only shot. And it, this may be Drew Brees' last chance, you know, last real chance. It sucks. Yeah, let's let's break that down because that play is obviously the story of that game. Yes. It was a great game. It was very, amazing. Very there, close game. Both teams played well. Mm-hmm. There were mistakes made on both sides, but but it's, it was just a good competitive game. Then we get to this play where... So let's break down the real magnitude of the situation. Sure. From, from the granular details all the way up to the top to, to the, the deity level stuff. Um, so this was the most, if you didn't see it, it is the most clear missed call pass interference that I've ever seen. Like it's yeah. equal, equal to others that I've seen, I'm sure, but not in as big of spots. Yeah. Where, the stakes being what they are probably raises it both in terms of that they're playing in this game, but also that this is, if they throw that flag, the saints are something like 90, 99 and a half percent. Oh, it's an like absurd. I, I think that's not something that's clearly understood by everybody that like, if that flag is thrown, it's an automatic first down. The Rams only have two timeouts. One timeout. One timeout, excuse me. There's 128 remaining in the game. The Saints run it three times. They maybe just need to kneel just three twice. times. They're going to kneel three yeah, times. Get yeah. it to the place where their kicker likes it for a 98 percenter or whatever, yeah, whatever that distance field goal is. With three seconds left on the clock, it's almost a guaranteed win for the Saints yep. if that obvious call, which the NFL admitted right after the game, was not just pass interference, but also helmet to helmet. Yeah. So, and it's so. Like it was like three seconds early, the guy hit him. And, and by the way, what was the cornerback's name? I don't remember. Roby Coleman. Mm-hmm. And like said after the game, yeah, of course it was pass interference. I thought he was just going to get in for a touchdown, so I had to do something. Yeah, like he he knows it was pass interference. He was shocked he didn't get called. So yeah, for sure. I mean, he basically knew that. Honestly, he should have let that. If he thought it was going to be a touchdown, he's supposed to let them score rather than let them work the clock down to nothing and kick a field goal to win the game. But. I can understand him not realizing that in the moment. So we understand that the impl- the in-game implications are that the Saints would have won the game and the Rams would have lost the game. I mean, as certain as you can be about these things, right. we, can, we can say, right? So Al- almost as certain as you can be. To a slightly more granular detail, Jonathan, you were telling me about this earlier. How do you think this actually happened with the referees? Mm. Because as you were saying to me earlier today, there's a, a referee assigned to watch all five eligible receivers right. when the play begins. So there's a guy on... on uh, the receiver who's supposed to catch that ball yeah, and or not catch that ball, but be called for the pass interference, not be called, get the pass interference call. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How did that ref miss that? How is that possible? Okay. There's no good answer for that. He's staying there. He's literally, his job is to literally watch that matchup. Yeah. And it isn't like the, and I'm going to jump to the other game for a second. The Edelman, um, non-fumble muff punt thing where yeah. in real time, it looked like he muffed the ball. It did. It looked like it bounced off him. And then when we saw it again, it was very hard to it say was that super it, close. Yeah. It was super close. And certainly it, it didn't, but like, I thought it, I thought the ball clearly changed trajectories even then it clearly didn't. Right. This is not like that. This was like in real time. I said, I remember saying, Oh my God, that was insane. Pass interference. The pass interference was so bad. The receiver didn't even turn around and throw his arms up. I think he assumed he was getting yeah. a call. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Easy call. And then if you watch the replays, um, what's the defender's name? Roby, Roby Coleman. Roby Coleman turns around and is clearly expecting it to like, you know, he's just sort of like waiting for it. You yeah. Know, they're both waiting for it. And then he sort of looks around more and sort of can't believe it and starts walking back. Uh, it's, it's insane. And yeah, so there's one refs whose job is just literally to watch that matchup. So that alone should have been more than enough. But then there's other refs too, who once the ball is thrown that in that direction, 
their eyes are naturally going to move that way. And so multiple refs saw that. I don't know how many. One of which should have been enough anyway, but certainly I would guess that there's, there's a whole bunch of refs on this field. I think there's at least seven or eight. Um, at least three of them saw that, probably clearly enough to throw the flag, and then somehow no one did. I don't see how it's possible. If I was a Saints fan, I might really think, and there's no reason to actually believe this, but I might talk myself into, you know, the NFL literally is trying to keep us out of the Super Bowl. I don't know why the NFL would be trying to do that. I well, can't imagine be, why. Well, they would be trying to get LA in. That okay. Would make, that oh, would okay. make sense. Bigger, um, the, yeah. You could actually convince yourself of that. Yeah, you know? maybe, maybe you could because how else could this be possible? Right, would be the question. Right. Right. So let's let's talk about the greater implications now because yeah. and let's let's operate under the assumption that the Saints would have won the game if the call was made because I think a, we should. That's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like you were saying, this may be Drew Brees' last chance. He's already said he's coming back next year. The yep. team is still very good. It's possible next year he'll have another shot. But yeah, this was like clearly a very good shot to get to and potentially win the Super Bowl. Was this the best team Drew Brees has ever had? I know he won the Super Bowl, but it, this still may have been the it best might team. Be. It's, clo- it's this, close. He might have won the Super Bowl this year if he gets the flag, right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in the game. He's as good as whoever he's gonna, in this case is the Patriots. That would have been a pick'em game, yeah. right? I mean, the the Rams game started pick'em. This this I mean, so he's fit, call him fifty percent to win win a Super Bowl. That is huge for his legacy. And he's a guy who's already won it. Again, I feel like Mark Ingram was apparently just shaking his head with yeah. a towel draped over it in the locker room, kept saying the word robbed over and over. And it's fair yeah. for, he, for him to feel that way. Right. I don't think they were, I don't think there was any deliberateness to it, but I can understand why. I understand the emotions running yeah. high. I actually think Sean Payton contained himself pretty well considering I how agree. bad of a, not a how, only how bad of a call it was, but like, has there ever been that bad of a call in that big of a moment? Can you ever do that multiplication table and have a bigger number? I don't think think so um the only things that i can even consider are the play that forced replay to happen originally which isn't as big as this it was in a division game in the playoffs where the steelers caught a touchdown pass and they call that out of bounds but replay showed it clearly was inbounds but this is before replay yeah and it cost them the game i believe um that touchdown certainly would have been that was the those are the winning points right i don't know but it wasn't at the very end of the game it was like in the middle of the fourth quarter so other things would have happened. Chaos theory, blah, blah, yeah. blah. We don't even know if they would have won, but it clearly hurt them badly, and they right. they were likely would have advanced. But that was like a divisional playoff game, not the conference title to go to the to go to the freaking Super Bowl. Right. Um, also, it wasn't at the very end of the game when when victory was essentially certain. It's this is this is the biggest thing I'm ever I'm aware of, right? That I can think of in any like think about all the Super Bowls. And there haven't been that many controversial play uh, like ref calls in the Super right. Bowl, right? There's been a lot of controversial things, but especially with replay the last, however long it's been now, um, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, um, they get the stuff right. Like the Edelman catch against, uh, um, against Atlanta, if you remember that, where he like bobbled it three times and somehow came yeah. down with it, where it looked like there was no way he caught it, but then they review, it was challenged, they reviewed it, and he actually caught yeah, it Yeah, that was, that was a crazy play. And it ended up being, you know, a vital catch for right. the Patriots to actually win the Super Bowl. But like, they got that right, and they get those things right most of the time now. Um, this was as egregious a thing as, I agree with you, as egregious a thing as I can think of, not just in football, in any sport that right. I'm aware of. Right. There was, um, okay, there was a World Cup match well, Maradona had a handball um, to score a goal. I don't think it was for the title, but I think it was like they were in the final four, the final eight. It's called the hand of God play. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Touch with this I've hand. heard of that. Um, now, that was just to give them the lead, though. They were tied anyway. They were the be- Argentina was the better team anyway. They were probably going to win anyway. You know, it, isn't, it wasn't like the difference wasn't as automatic between victory and defeat. It, for me, anyway, it's the, most, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in terms of refs. Right. Okay, so... 
the implications we know for for the players like Mark Ingram, who's probably not going to be on the Saints next year and right. will likely not end up on a title contender. Right. You know, so that that's going to be his one career chance to do that. Most likely Drew Brees. I don't think it hurts Drew Brees legacy that much because even winning two Super Bowls doesn't put Drew Brees in the greatest of all time conversation. He was always going to be somewhere in the like four to ten firmament area. And maybe he would have moved slightly higher in that, but it's not a huge deal for his legacy. He's auto first ballot Hall of Famer no matter what anyway. I don't disagree with you, but from Drew Brees' point of view, he doesn't think he's only going to win this time, right? Yeah. He's like, I'm coming back next year. I win this year, which I'm this close to. We bring back the team. We do it again next year. Yeah. Bam, now I've won three, and now I'm the third greatest quarterback of all time in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And like, my life is different as a result, you know? And like, it won't be that now. Yeah, that's reasonable, but, but I think... But I don't know if those From an expected happen. value present... Yeah perspective of, of Drew Brees' actual expected value there, it's probably not a huge deal. For Mark, Ingr- for Mark Ingram, it's a bigger deal. Right. No, I think like Alvin Kamara may never get this close yeah. again to a Super Bowl. Like right. a lot of guys never never even get this close. Michael Thomas may never get this close right. again. Now, yeah. maybe they will. They're going to bring back most of these guys, but you know how hard it is to get back here. Yeah. Like it's so hard to even get a bye, let alone make the conference championship game. I mean, right. I know one team does it every year, but everyone else in the league, basically it's incredibly special just to do that. And I mean, I, I just think it's so hard. And by the way, the NFC is tough. And it's like the Eagles are going to be good again next year. The Bears are going to be better. The Bears are going to be great. The Rams are going to be great. Yeah. Um, there's other teams, which, but like that, just off the top of my head, those teams are good. There's going to be a surprise team, which is going to be great, which we're not expecting. That yeah. always happens. Some young quarterback's going to get way better. You know, these things happen. Maybe Garoppolo is going to come back and the 49ers will be what, you know, what yeah. maybe he flashed. The Seahawks could be great next the year. The Seahawks could be great next year. There's so, so like also, you know, one big injury next year. Drew Brees, you know, breaks his pinky and suddenly they're done. Yeah. Like it doesn't take much. So right. to get all the way here, it is, it's got to be as painful a thing as like, like it's one thing when, when like, okay, for me, the most painful experience ever in sports is the Super Bowl where the Giants beat the Patriots the first time the Patriots are going for the perfect record, right? Mm-hmm. And, but like the Giants beat the Patriots. That's what happened. Like, yeah. it wasn't robbed. It's like, it feels almost like God stole it from us <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. of the play, you know, where Tyree catches it on his yeah. head and all that. But Tyree did catch it on his head. He like, did. he made the most, like, one of the greatest plays of all time. And, it sucked and it was painful, but like they did it. And so like, all you can do is say, wow, that's, that's horrible as a Patriots fan and the rest of the world loves it. Um, but that's it as opposed to no, we're the champions and we're not allowed to be the champions because of, because the, the freaking legislation got in my way kind of a thing Yeah, that feels completely different and should never happen. The government shutdown fucking caused that. I mean, you know, so, so I can't, I can't even, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Where is the Cody Parkey block at the end oh. of this one? Where's that like rank for you in terms of pain? It as wasn't a fan? as bad as people think, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a missed field goal. Right? Okay. Like, right. It's they, they were in a close game against a team. They should have been beating by a lot. It's like, yeah, they weren't going to do that well anyway in the playoffs. Right. Like, I mean, if they couldn't beat the Eagles, yeah. Right. Probably. Yeah. So probably. it didn't, it didn't hurt that bad. Okay. I, I'm just happy to have a future with the bears. Yeah. Which you I'm do. still in that mode. I'm yeah, still just great. like happy that the bears have a future and it's not Jay Cutler related. See, it, look, it's, it's unfair for it to happen to anybody. Um, if it happened to like a different, if it happened to, let's say the chiefs. Yeah. The chiefs, Pat Mahomes is 23. Yeah. If Pat Mahomes doesn't make a super bowl, I will in the next 10 years, I will like pull my teeth out. Like yeah, be without surprising. him getting hurt, without him yeah. getting hurt. It's basically, it feels like, 
almost like a guarantee he's going to make a Super Bowl. Probably multiple Super Bowls. He, I mean, I think he's got a good, a reasonable chance to be the best player of all time over here, right? Yeah. So, like, if that would still be unfair and horrible. This, to me, is somehow worse because this team, I don't even... Next year, they're going to be hanging on. Breeze is going to be, like, 42 or something. Right, and Sean Payton, maybe not coaching after Breeze goes away. Like, every right. year, they talk about Sean Payton potentially retiring. Right. You know, so that's it, his legacy, too. It's, but in the greater picture... Yeah. I'm actually thinking about New Orleans fans. Pe- mm. The people of New Orleans who are diehard New Orleans sports fans. Yeah. What do you have? You know, you have the Saints. You have Drew Brees. He's your golden god, right? Yes. This was this was the devil taking away the the halo from the golden god and ruining all of the golden god's legacy right in front of you. And the Saints are not going to be the same when Drew Brees is gone. There's no oh. ifs, ands, or buts about that. Ted- Teddy Bridgewater is not a, That's not the a viable replacement for Drew Brees. No, like, I he mean, he might be a serviceable quarterback. He's not fucking Drew Brees. They're going to have to luck into, you know, an amazing. They're going to have to get him a Holmes type guy. Yeah, yeah, which is possible. But I mean, very, very unlikely. And and looking at the even greater picture, what else do you have? You have the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is fucking gone. That team is terrible. Yeah. Even with Anthony Davis, New Orleans is fucked. Yeah. Like this was New Orleans's shot. This was the last shot New Orleans had. For maybe a year, they're going to be one of those cities that doesn't have a championship for fucking decades after this. I mean, I mean, they have so little chance to ever do it in basketball based on the current way basketball is set up. And a guy like Anthony Davis has the ability to leave and even force departure. And he's going to leave now that the team is bad. Like, I mean, we all think it's really likely. Yeah. We'll find out. May, I mean, I hope he doesn't. I really hope he stays. I think all the stars should stay in the NBA and not leave. Um, I think they should not actually not be allowed to leave. That's a whole other conversation we can have on our NBA podcast yeah. sometime. Um but like, no, I agree with you. Now they may win next year. They can still win next year. The Saints right? could still win next year, but this was obviously this was their shot. When you're starting the season with 32 right. teams, your percentage chance to win the Super Bowl, even if you're a very good team, is like what? At best, it's like six percent. I mean, it's really. I mean, like right na- right now, if we're handicapping for next year, yeah, most likely teams to win the Super Bowl. It's something like Rams, Chiefs. Patriots, assuming Brady comes back. Saints. Probably Saints are fourth, right? Yeah. Probably. Um, but then there's a whole other host of teams that right. are gonna be right there. Maybe, maybe the Eagles are gonna be great again. And like, what I'm, and what I'm again. saying is the Saints had have like a six percent chance to win the Super Bowl next year based right. on preseason odds. Right. As of before that play happened. Right. They were fifty percent. If if that if that call is made correctly, they're at least fifty percent, right? Well, they're, something like that. They're either pick 'em or they're slight favorites, I think. I'm not sure. I don't okay. know. Maybe the Pets. Either are way, that's favorites. a lot better than six percent. Yeah. And I the, think they're probably pick 'em though. And I, that's the whole city of New Orleans probably last chance at something for a long time. I mean, I don't know. It's fucked up. It's really, I mean, sports in general, the good news at least is the NFL is built. So that way a team, no matter what the region, the team can actually win the title and be good. Yeah. Unlike baseball and unlike uh, basketball where it's really, it's possible, but it's so much harder and so much rarer and doesn't last very long in those other sports, as opposed to the NFL where no, like Drew Brees can just come to new Orleans and be there for 15 years. And I mean, they've only won one Super Bowl, but they certainly could have won multiple Super Bowls, right? And maybe still will. Right. Right. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Okay. Okay. So we've established that was bad. I think we have. So what do you think is an appropriate response from the NFL in regards to the refs who were on that game? Okay. I would not be surprised if the ref whose job it was to watch that play, the receiver specifically, is fired. Yeah. Because it's... 
as big a mistake as you can make in the big in the biggest spotlight you can have. I guess the Super Bowl would be even bigger. Yes. But like, but that's it. I actually expect them to let this guy go, whoever it is. Do you think the entire crew will be demoted as well, taken off playoff games? I don't think they're going to punish guys who's who have no responsibility on that receiver, and we're supposed to watch other receivers. Yeah. If you're watching the one of the other four eligible receivers, I can understand. Maybe you don't even see the the ball being thrown because you're just watching your matchup. You right. know what I mean? Um. So I don't know if I can hold them as obviously responsible. There's one guy who clearly is responsible. And then I might even use replay to see, is anyone else, can anyone else see that and not throw a flag? Yeah. Cause you can throw a flag and pick it up. They right. do that. It would be fine to throw a flag, huddle together, talk about it. That seems fine. Yep. My question is this. I mean, so I think that's a fair question. My question is this, is the NFL going to change things a little bit? So especially when it's like one game. So when we're in the playoffs, maybe they could do this with Monday night football too, if they wanted where there's someone whose job it is. Like, there's the replay ref, for example, right? Yeah. Why can't the replay ref, like, buzz down and say, that was egregious? Yeah. Now, I guess they don't, they're, they're really careful about all the judgment stuff. That's what they're trying to be, you know, they've been trying to always dodge. Just at the moment, in live action, judgment is judgment, and that's it. There, but mean, this goes beyond that. This, there's, is, this is factual. There's some idea in sports that I don't necessarily agree with, that human error is part of refereeing. I hate that. Why is that something that's popular? It's, I mean, it's like rub dirt it's, on it. It's, it's people, like the rub dirt on it type of philosophy. You it's know? the what? It's, it, it, it reminds me of like the rub dirt on it when you get hurt type oh, of philosophy. Oh, I see. You know, just kind of like old school bullshit that doesn't make any sense. It's the people who don't want self-driving cars. People right. who are just like, any change, they resist no matter what. Because yeah. why would you ever want... And mostly people say this actually with regards to baseball. Like, oh, no, I would never want a computer calling balls or strikes. Human error is good. It's like, why is that good? How is that good? Like, it makes everything worse. Like, I actually crazy. Could, I can see the argument for calling balls and strikes, so I don't think it's a great argument, just specifically because the pitcher and the catcher can, like... That's like part of their whole deal is try to manipulate the umpire to sure. their advantage, which right. is kind of an interesting human error thing that can happen because it's actually being manipulated by the players. Whereas this is not something where it should be is at all manipulated by the players. It's yeah. just it's just a bad call. I don't, I don't want to go down this road too far because we're really talking about the NFL yeah. stuff. But the manipulated by the players thing, I don't. It doesn't do it for me because that's what the entire NBA. Every moment of every game is players trying to manipulate the refs, yep. coaches trying to manipulate the refs. It makes the game worse. It makes the game less exciting. It makes the players less attractive, less less exciting to root for, less compelling as people. So I'm against all that. I know it's not the same in baseball where they're not they're not having those conversations right. so much. It's much more about framing things. Yeah. But I would personally rather have it just be if it's a strike, it's a strike. If it isn't, it isn't. And we all can agree that it's the same no matter who's behind the plate because it just maybe there's no one behind the plate now. That works for me. Well, I ag- I agree with that. I was just thinking that was one of the less good examples possible because right. of that. Okay, that, that's a good point. But let's get back to the the NFL here. Okay. So, I mean, there was the possibility, and Chris Collinsworth brought this up earlier today on the Dan Patrick Show about he thought Al Riverton, which is the head of officials, was actually going to like buzz in from New York or wherever and tell them to throw the flag. He actually said he expected them to huddle up and suddenly throw a flag, and it would have been Al Riverton telling him to do it. Um, but it didn't happen, which means he doesn't do that kind of a thing. But maybe he should be doing that. Like, yeah. why wouldn't we want an extra eye, especially like maybe you could say in regular season, whatever, like, fine, there's a million games, who cares? But when we get to the playoffs and it's just there's just one game at a time anyway. Why wouldn't you have someone if they can see something very clearly? Why wouldn't you use that? Yeah. Like they have re- replays are initiated by the booth anyway. Right. Like in the last two minutes of a game. Yeah. So why not? 
I mean, in theory, you could do it at any time. I guess they, they're trying to avoid all these delays and stuff. That's that's what they're trying to dodge. This wouldn't even be a replay, though. This is no. like, only, it could be just like only the most egregious things. I guess it doesn't come up very often, though, where it's this egregious. So you could say that the NFL got unlucky that this happened at this point in the game, even, where it's like, where the stakes were this high. Well, but I guess eventually it was going to happen that way. It's going to happen in the Super Bowl if they don't do anything about right. this eventually, right? Right. And another thing that people have been bringing up since this has occurred is is the Belichick thing that he's been saying for years, that you should be able to challenge pass interference. Right. And there's really no reason that you can't challenge pass interference, right? I mean... Now, I don't know if that would have helped this play, because pass interference wasn't called. So normally, Belichick um, always means that I believe it, you challenging it as if it was called and saying uh, it wasn't. But maybe, I don't know, now you you're going to say, I mean, can you challenge holding? Because a lot of people would argue there's holding on every single play yeah, in that the gets, NFL. It gets, that gets weird. I think you could only challenge pass interference. No, no other penalties, probably. I mean, it, it's not an unreasonable thing because it's such a game-changing penalty compared yeah. to everything else. The worst, any other penalty, you can knock the quarterback's head off, it's 15 yards. Yeah. But if you touch, you know, Julio Jones wrong, when he's 60 it's yards a 75-yard play. You right. know, it's first and goal on the one, you know, so... Yeah. That, that seems crazy anyway. Although yeah. I understand why it's in place. Like they don't right. want Julio Jones getting touched there. Yeah. Right. That's the easiest way to, to prevent it. But pass interference has always been really titchy too, where it's like hard to, like a lot of times there were a bunch of pass interference calls in both games yesterday, or at least possible calls. So we'd watch the replay and I would say like, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess you could call it, you know, like there were a few against the Patriots yeah. where like, I didn't want it to be, but I'd watch the replay. I'm like, yeah, I could see how they call that, but it wasn't obvious. And I felt like it could really go either way. And it sort of sucks that, that's even the case, you know, that there's these like, maybe like, yeah. how did the ref feel that at that moment kind of a thing? Like that sucks. I don't know what they're supposed to do about that, but pass interference is a tough one to yeah. solve, but there needs to be a way to resolve that thing that happened in the Saints game. Agreed. From happening. Like we, I agree. We need that to stop happening. Right. You know, this would never happen, but Roger Goodell actually has the ability as commissioner to do a few different things, including force the game to be replayed from that point. He can literally like, really, he can rewind the clock and do that. If now he, I think they would have already decided to do it. And he will not, I would never have expected him to do it. And I wouldn't think he should. I think it's a mistake to do it because it sets a really bad precedent. And even though this game was essentially in hand, it isn't like it was pass interference on the last play of the Super Bowl. Right. You know, or something like that, where it wasn't passionate. Like the guy didn't touch him. They called pass interference. The team that was down six got it. They were on their own 20. They got a one time down on the one yard line instead, ran in it and won the Super Bowl instead of lost it, you know, on a play where the dude wasn't even touched. Something like that. Maybe the commissioner could come in and actually fix. But this, this doesn't feel like something he should fix, but he does have the power to, That'd which is kind of nuts, right? That'd be pretty interesting. And, you know, as a Saints fan, I would, I would, I mean, I would, you assume they would have announced it by now. Yeah. Be like, I mean, dude, come on, like, just give us, just call the penalty and give us, let us play the game out from there, you know? Yeah. But at this point, it's got to be too late, right? Hotel rooms are being booked. Yeah, it's too late. Things are being printed up and created for the Super Bowl with Rams stuff on it. Like, it's over. It it's sucks for the Saints. definitely too late. Hot Wing Man, we don't know where you're from. We kind of think you're from New Orleans, though, because you seem to be pretty pro-New Orleans. If that's true, we're sorry for you, man. I'm sorry to all of the... Brutalist loss. All of the New Orleans fans, it's really not cool. You know, it is, it is as uncool as possible. Something that um, really stood out to me about both these games is this was, you know, an extraordinary day of football, even though I know you didn't get the results you wanted. Like the games were as competitive and as exciting as you could really hope for both the saints and the chiefs were essentially as close as you can be to being in the super bowl without making the super bowl. Like it's a matter of inches that it's Rams pats instead of chief saints inches and like on multiple plays inches. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Like 
I don't even like, is it possible that if Sean Payton, remember on first down when they got to the, um, they got to like the 14, this is just before the pass interference, two, two downs before yeah. they threw the ball instead of running it. Remember yeah. the Rams had two timeouts left, right? Maybe they had all three actually. Oh, uh, and it no, was like two. a bad throw to Michael Thomas, right? It would have been, I mean, I actually like the play call to be clear, Yeah. but, um, but a run guarantees the clock is going to go and it forces the Rams to use one of their two timeouts. This, because it was dropped, the Rams didn't have to use one of their two timeouts. They got to use one on the next play. And then the, the Saints were like, well, the Rams are going to call timeout either way on third down. So now we can throw the ball and don't have to like, there's no point to try and run out the clock here. Yeah. Like we leave them with one timeout, but we'd rather, if we get the first down, we win the game. So we have to do that. Yeah. So if they run the ball on first down, they run the ball on second down. They can now take a knee or run the ball on third down and take it down to like, you know, 35 seconds or something, a little more, I guess, um, maybe like 55 seconds, kick the field goal. It's not that different, but it's a little bit different, you know? It's a little bit different. There's 35 seconds less for the Rams to come down and score. And the Rams have no timeouts instead of one timeout. Maybe that changes the game. I don't know. But I'm not blaming Sean Payton for the call. I'm really not. I actually love the play call. I love any kind of contrarian thing where you would never think he's going to do it. I think that's almost always the right play. But man, inches, inches they were away from this. So sick. By the way, the the kicker Zerline still had to hit some fifty-seven yarder, right? Like most kickers aren't going to hit that anyway. He hit it easily. By oh, the way, it would have been good from seventy, right? Maybe For sure. seventy-two. Yeah, you I know, mean that was a, that was a monster kick. I mean, he's Greg the leg. Yeah, uh, but he also so he hit the tying one and he hit the winning one. Yeah, the tying one was easier than the winning one, right? Is that what? No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, again, inches. If if they have a normal field goal kicker or, or Zerline somehow misses it. The Saints are going to get the ball in incredible. I mean, field what's position. the league average on fifty-seven yard field goal? I mean, it's, it's got to be. It's like under thirty percent, probably, right? I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Now, what's Zerline's average? It's probably closer to like fifty-five, sixty-five percent, right? But like the Saints are going to get the ball. Like, I think, I think at the fifty-yard line. Yeah, they get the ball at the fifty. <laughs> no, no, the forty-seven. They're on forty-seven, but they're you know, fifteen yards away from their own field goal attempt right. now. Or more than 15, but not much more, you know, like a reasonable field goal attempt. So like so close to this, Unbe- the game was unbelievable. And so was the other game. All right. right, let's talk about the other game. Let's talk about it. Okay. So I'm just going to my happy place. This game was built in my mind that I imagined by many media outlets that I didn't actually see as the passing of the torch. Right. Be- between Brady and Mahomes. Because yeah. Mahomes is the future of the NFL. Brady's not got long left. Let's of not course. kid ourselves. Of maybe course. Maybe he's got next year. I don't imagine it goes much past that. I think that's completely reasonable. Yeah. And Mahomes is the fucking man. Right? And so... I mean, I will happily take Mahomes MVPs against... You take you pick any two players you want, You can, and then you only get one of them when all is said and done. But you get to find out how they did and then pick one at the end, you know, 10 years later. I'll t- for the next 10 years, I'll take Mahomes, not including this year's MVP. I'll take future MVPs, Mahomes over any two players. You get to pick which one after we know. Yeah. That's how, that's, I mean, he's that much better than everybody else right, right. now. And, th- and so young. Yeah. So this, this is, it still kind of is the passing of the torch, right? Even though for it to be a true, a Mahomes true is passing supposed to win. Torch, Mahomes to has happen. to win. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, maybe they'll play again next year and Mahomes will beat him. And that's, maybe. That, that'll be the passing of the torch. Maybe. You know, but. So, yeah, the Patriots won. They did. Let's talk about it. It looked like they were going to win easily at first. They, they were up 14-0 yeah. at the half. They scored that touchdown just at the, at the end of the first half, right. which was the deep throw to uh, the, the Colts' first-round pick who they traded for. Yeah, yeah Dorsett. Yeah, yeah, Philip Dorsett. Thank you. Um, where that was like, 
pretty sweet play. I mean, pretty great throw. Dorsett nice catch. Good. I mean, I, I think that was that his only catch. It may have been his only catch. No. Yeah. It was one catch for 29 yards. That was it. Yeah. Um, but Hey, uh, it was, it was awesome. And he had a catch against the chargers too, for a touchdown. He is a deep threat sort of, Yeah. but, uh, but that really felt like such a big deal for the Pats to get that two touchdown lead because, because of that high tech chiefs offense, which just scores so fast. You and, know? It, and it did. Yeah. It's coming out in the third quarter. They just had like no problem driving down the field. I mean, they Easy. scored 31 points in the second half. Yeah. I mean, who does that? The chiefs do all the time. Right. But yeah, no one else does that basically. Right. With, with regularity. And they yeah. did it. Look, the fourth quarter was insane. There was like so many points scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, the, okay. The Pats scored 14 points and the Chiefs scored 24 points. So 38 points were scored in that fourth quarter. There were two touchdowns scored by each team at the very, like in the last 10 minutes of the game, I think even the Pats had to do it twice where they were losing and then took the lead twice. And the Chiefs went down and kicked that field goal with like 15 seconds left to tie the game and force overtime. Uh, I mean, it was an incredible game. I am uh, the, a few things really stand out to me. Okay. Number one. So you watch the game. Yeah. How many touches do you think Tyreek Hill had in that game? Not enough. That is certainly true. How yeah, many? Three or four. One touch. Wow. He had that one bomb, which he caught. It was like, I think it was like a 55 yard or something like that. That awesome bomb where he's yeah. double covered um, eventually. Yeah. But because um, the safety came over and helped. Uh, Mahomes made a great throw. It was a great play. Of course, he was open because he's Tyreek Hill. Um, that's literally his only touch of the game. Travis Kelsey, their other biggest weapon, had th- five targets three receptions. By the way, Hill only had three targets and did not run the ball. Wow. So like Belichick is great at taking away your best options. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, they say that I still didn't know how he's going to take away Tyree kill. Cause I'm like, what are you going to do? The guy, like as soon as he's running, you can't keep up with him. It doesn't matter. Right. But he figured it out and maybe they just hit him hard at the line every time and threw off the timing. But that really stood out to me as something sort of shocking that they could take away those two guys so completely. I mean, he'll have that one awesome play. It was actually only 42 yards. I think I said 55. Um, Kelsey went three receptions for 23 yards. He did have the touchdown, but like they held those guys to essentially nothing, you know, 65 yards total receiving from their two biggest threats. That is huge. It is. They still barely won the game. Right. And I mean, so basically it was enough to throw them off at the beginning of the game. And obviously the chiefs put it together by the fourth quarter because they scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. So you can't hold the Chiefs down forever, but they right. did it for long enough, and their offense was good enough, slash the Chiefs' defense is the worst defense in the league, um, to, to score enough points. Yeah. Like, so what stood out to me was the Chiefs' defense being just really bad. Uh, yeah. You know, like the run defense was horrific. The, the Patriots got whatever they want on the ground the whole time. I mean, the Chiefs were consistently inviting the Patriots to run. Yeah. So like second and 10 they would stack the box in such a way saying, run if you want. And Brady just kept saying, okay. And would audible out of the pass play and, and run the ball and they'd get their six or seven yards and be in a really great spot for third down. And they converted on third downs the entire game. Yep. Brady was incredible on third down. They did really well on third. I down. mean, that Edelman that, Edelman was really good except for the one tipped ball right. that turned into an interception. And I don't, and I don't know if like, that was a tough catch, but, yeah. but he made a lot of both him. Hogan made that spectacular catch. The one hand. Yeah. Thing. That was good. Ed, but Edelman made a lot of those diving like high up in the air, dr- jumping high, but sort of diving in the air catches on third down it happened right. multiple times on the, uh, the overtime drive. I think they were four for four on, th- they had three third and tens and converted all three of them it was Edelman, Edelman, Gronk. And then I think they had another third and a little bit less and converted to Edelman also. I mean, they struggled except on third down in that drive, but didn't matter. But he just went back and threw lasers on third down and it, it just worked. 
But, yeah. the, but again, inches, right? The Chiefs defend one of those. The Pats either kick a field goal or have to punt, and then almost certainly the Chiefs go down and score and win the game, right? If the Chiefs could stop the run at all, they win the game. They couldn't do anything. Their, their defense was atrocious against the run. The Pats ran for 176 yards. Just to give you a sense, we think of the Chiefs of being this a, a great passing offense, but also very effective on the ground. They ran for 41 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you a lot. Sony Michelle had his way. Um, James White had a good game. James too. White had a good, even Rex Burkhead in the fourth quarter in overtime. He, he scored, scored the last two touchdowns. He scored the winning touchdown. Yeah. 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 Uh, they didn't run for incredible averages to be clear. Uh, Sony ran for 3.4 Burkhead, three point, sorry, 3.9 Burkhead, 3.4 James White, 3.8, but it was enough and it was consistent. They had almost no like runs for nothing. Yeah. It was like, always, it was always they, they were, they, Well, the reason is because like you think of those averages and average per run is not a good metric in general to, to say how good a right. running back is. You those are always pulled up over a season-long time by really long runs. I don't think the Patriots had any really long runs. Uh, well, the longest run anyone had... Well, actually, uh, the, yeah, the longest run anyone had was Burkhead for 14, so that's a really so, good point. No, they did not. So, yeah. I mean, if you're getting four yards pretty much every time, it's not you're averaging four yards. You're pretty much getting four yards every time. Right, pretty that's much. That's a huge difference for your your four-down time there. Like, you you have a huge advantage right away. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. It was, I mean, the Chiefs defense, we knew this was their weakest link for sure. This was the weakest spot, I think, of any of the four teams had, if you're going to point to anything, like the yeah. Chiefs defense. But the Chiefs offense is the best in the league, and Mahomes is the best, I would argue, the best player in the league. Yeah, probably. The most dangerous player in the league. Um, and the, you know, the guy who can affect the game more than anyone else. Yes. Anywhere. So I guess you could make a case for Aaron Donald, but I don't, I don't see how you can really make that case. Um, so, you know, and it still was almost enough to beat the Patriots. The Pats are so weird, dude. They went 11 and five. All five of their losses were to non-playoff teams, but they beat the Chiefs twice. It's really weird. Like, what the hell? They played a first place schedule. They beat all the good teams. They couldn't beat any bad. I mean, they beat a few bad teams, of course. They beat the Jets. They beat the, they beat the Bills. But really, really strange year for them. But they're back in the Super Bowl one more time, and they are favored. Just barely, but they're favored. They are favored. It's amazing. So let's talk about the the air quotes controversy that's arisen from this game. It's okay. not anything near... Especially, especially in our minds, but oh, even, yeah. even in the national minds, is not anything near the other game's controversy. But the controversy is that Patrick Mahomes did not get to touch the ball in overtime because of the current mm. overtime rules, which are far better than they used to be. I thought you were actually going to say the the really bad roughing the passer call, oh. which Brady got and the Brady. The, well, the that was actually got. really bad too. Yeah, that, that's what I thought you were going to say. But it also not as bad. It was second and seven. It would have been third and seven. Right. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't a game changer. It could have been a game changer. Of course, it could have. It wasn't but, a clear game changer. Right. It was nothing like. It was nothing like what happened in the same game. That was game a very bad call. It was a horrific call. I understand why they made it. They thought they hit, they hit Brady's helmet, but it was a terrible call. But anyway, but let's get to what you're talking about. All right, so people are upset that Mahomes didn't get to touch the ball in overtime. I think this is a moment where where this the reason this is coming up now, and I understand, Jonathan, your point of view on this yep. is the same as mine, which is that if you're mad about this now, you should have been mad about it before because right. this has been the rule for a while now. Seven years. Seven years. Um. It's exacerbated because of the moment. Not only that, but the specific situation is so perfect to get mad about it, where the Chiefs have the worst defense in the NFL and the best offense in the NFL. Right. And the flip of a coin makes such a big difference in that case because their defense can't do shit and their offense would have probably scored. It's one of the few right? times, yeah, it's one of the few times in overtime even where you feel like the coin toss really matters again. Yeah. As opposed to like, usually it's like, well, somebody scores, somebody doesn't. It's hard to say. Um, in the old days, before they changed the overtime rules, which was 2012, of course, um, um, 
then the coin toss mattered a huge amount. Like, if you guys hate this, remember what it used to be like? You just had to kick a field goal to win. That yeah. was it. It was absurd. Then people, I could, I mean, I mean, I can understand why people are upset. I think the overtime rules should be changed too, but I don't think it's because of this. I don't think this should matter. It just, in general, it's unfair to all. Everyone should get the same chance. Right. No, I agree. It's, <laughs> I mean, this just brings it up in people's minds. Yes. But uh, of course, when they made the rule change, I was happy, but I was, also, right. I was also always thinking this is not enough. Right. Why are you doing this much and not more? Right. Like, why not have it so that there is always a rebuttal? You know, if the team scores eight points, the maximum number they can score on their first possession, the other team gets to get a possession. Right. And if, See they if they can score can tie eight it. points, then you keep going. Right. You know? Now, I will say, in that case, the team who gets the ball second has a real advantage. Right? A huge advantage. Because then they know, like, a field goal wins the game versus if you're the first team a field goal, you could still be losing the game really easily. Um, but, but you flip a coin, and then there's that advantage. So there's always going to be some advantage somewhere. Or we could just do a 15-minute period. Yeah, that's what they used to do, man. Yeah. Well, no, I guess they never did that. But no, a 15-minute period, I don't like that either because... 15 minutes means one team's probably going to get the ball twice and the other team's probably going to get it once. You can manipulate it so the possessions are not fair, and I don't like that. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could just do college rules where yeah. you get the ball in the 25, you get four downs, that's it. Like, you kick a field goal, you score a touchdown, whatever. Well, you, and you go again if you tie. Yeah, and you just keep going again. Now, in college, they keep adding points to the score, which I don't think they should do. I think only, like, the winning, the winning points should get added to the score. Otherwise, the... Stats are going to be insane. Right. It's going to mess up all the NFL stats, which you right. don't want. You don't want that because you've got all these records. Yeah. They're important. You can't just screw with that. I, I don't think like because literally touchdowns would be. Can you imagine if the Pats and the Chiefs played overtime in the regular season? How many touchdowns extra Brady and Mahomes could have thrown? They could have thrown like three or four more touchdowns each potentially. You know when they know they have to. That means like if Brady throws a touchdown, the Chiefs are going for it on all four downs, and they know it from the beginning, right? You know they're gonna everything's going to be going just for that touchdown. I mean it's. It's going to really, like, all the records are going to fall, which they, yeah. they shouldn't want. It's bad. But one touchdown's okay. You could also even not do that. You could just kick the ball off, play, and make sure everyone always gets a possession each, which is basically what they have. It just is right now, if you score a touchdown, the game's over. You yeah. can just not have that rule. Yeah. And besides that, it's the same. Yeah. Just That's, have a possession each. That's fine. That's all you got to do to change it. That's pretty easy. That sounds fair. I think they're going to change it because of all the upsetness. And good. They should. But... That just they should have done that in the begin from the beginning. Also, why in the regular season did they reduce it to ten minutes? That sucks. Like so many ties this so year. So stupid because of ten minute overtime and, and a lot of very very much almost ties. Right. Like we should have had a tie in the Texans Colts game, but Frank Reich lost his mind. Um, there are a few others that really like it was like a miracle they didn't tie. And hopefully the NFL is going to do something about that too because that there should time shouldn't even matter. Like, let's just make sure there's a winner, make sure it's equitable to both sides, and let's go. Let's yeah. figure it out. I don't care. Play seven on seven if you... I mean, don't. But, like, anything's better. Not anything. Lots of things are worse. But, like, the way they do it now is not great. It's, it's just better than what it used to be because it used to be awful. It used to be a coin flip really did mean you were going to win, and now, right. you know... It's by better. the way, the Pats don't convert on, any of, on some of those multiple third downs, third and tens... No one's saying boo about this. But I know. Which I know. sort of sucks. Everybody's results-oriented. We know yeah. this. Okay. That's uh, all. All right. Well, okay. So we got the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We got the Rams in the Super so, Bowl. So, I mean, let's just say one thing. Say one thing. I just got to take... I got to enjoy the moment for a moment. Okay. And just say this. So, the Pats are going to their ninth Super Bowl. That is... Brady has been playing for 18 years, but one of those seasons he was out because of the, uh, because of the injury. So, that means more than half of his career 
<laughs> more than half the seasons he's played, he's gone to the Super Bowl somehow, some way, which is by far more than anyone else has ever done. Part of it is because his coach is the greatest coach of all time. And I, I think Belichick, even though it's considered that, still doesn't get enough credit. And Brady gets probably a little too much credit in my mind because I think Brady's not the most talented player, not the most talented quarterback. Um, but this is an extraordinary achievement, which we will never see again. Like we're, I don't think you and I are going to live long enough to see anyone else do this. Even Mahomes, as great as he is, I don't expect the Chiefs to have this kind of a run. I don't expect anyone ever to. The nature of free agency and player movement in the NFL and injuries and all that, I shouldn't see how it's possible. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, so you said even piece. those of you who hate the Patriots, you can at least perhaps appreciate this extraordinary thing that's happened and is, hap- is still happening even and won't be happening for much longer. And if, if, you, if you hate that, you can like that it's not happening for much longer, I guess. I like that. I hope we draft a great quarterback, guys. <laughs> All right, there's not much to bet on in the NFL right now. No. And uh, next week we're actually going to have we're going to have an NFL podcast, but we're mostly going to be talking about Super Bowl prop bets. And yeah. so that that's for next week. For this week, we can talk about the actual Super Bowl normal lines and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I I have a best bet for the Super Bowl for I think sure. We have the same one. So, let's hear it. Okay, so the line is 56. The, the, sorry, total, the total. total score. Sorry, the total is 56. Obviously, the line is not. Oh, no, that was the line. Sorry, that was the line for the New England Casey game. I think it's the same, but let me check because now I might just be wrong. Well, why would you do that? Well, because I looked at the wrong thing. You know, I don't have it here, but I'm almost certain that you said it was 57 to me. Well, I better look. Okay, I was, as, as Grant's looking. It's 57 and a half. Thank you. It's, it's a clear under, and here's why. The Patriots have been in a lot of Super Bowls, right? Eight Super Bowls with Tom Brady. They never start fast. Watch the first quarters. They almost never score a touchdown in the first quarter. Brady struggles in the first quarter. They're often doing like weird experimental stuff in the first quarter. It's been like this for years, and they still do it. They did it last year. Last year when the Super Bowl was going on, I I was sort of like upset with myself. I was like, how did I not bet this? I know this. Um, Because they did it again, where they're like, "I, I think under... I think under for the game is reasonable because of the slow starting nature of the Patriots. Um, I think especially when we get the opportunity under for the first half or even under for, for the first quarter might be an extraordinarily good bet. Okay. Oh, I'm on the end. Under for the game sounds good to me. Yeah, that's what we know right now. So, so under 57 and a half is our best bet. I agree with that. Great. Yeah. Excellent. So that's it. That's it. We did it. Oh, what an incredible, incredible weekend. All right. We'll see you next week for some Super Bowl props. Yeah, I can't wait. 